Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. And I'm very excited to talk to you, Lexi, because we really have not talked this week. I know we haven't. (laughs) It's been a very busy week over here. How about you guys? Yes, it's been, it's been interesting. I'll have to fill you in later. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's been good. It's been good. We've had some crazy stuff too, but, but yeah, it's good. Okay. We have had a busy week full of lots of projects and I feel like I've done 9 million things this week, but it's been really good. It's just been hopping, been busy every day. Baby projects? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just all stuff at our house. Like not, Mm. um, well, we did host a few times, two, two times hosted twice this week and then, um, went to a couple from our church's house once this week. Um, so we did have, we had, we're having small group. So we, we swap out, we host, and then another couple hosts our small okay. And um, our small group is not small anymore. <laughs> I was counting uh-huh. it up the other day, how many were here, and there was like 30-something. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome, though. Like, I love it. And, yeah. Um, but it's just a lot of people, so you got to kind of coordinate mm-hmm. a lot. So we did that Monday night, and then just had a couple over Tuesday night. And um, my friend Becky helped me. We got down all of our clothes, baby clothes, like all the totes, mm-hmm. you know, and went through all of them. And she is like a master organizer. So she totally motivated me to be able to get out the gender neutral stuff that we can be able to use for a girl. And then like, it was just such a brain teaser because I'm like, okay, but I got to keep down the stuff that Valor is going to be growing into soon. Oh my gosh. Yes, I had like Valor grow into oh. pile things that Valor has grown out of neutral pile things that Valerie's grown out of that's like strictly boy that I probably wouldn't put a girl in pile that I'm gonna like put in the attic so it's like it was just a lot of times <laughs> it, it feels so hopeless I know hopeless. I am I am so bad at that kind of stuff and I feel like I'm just swimming in totes right now uh yeah and then if you have a baby that's like the opposite season of when yeah. you're the oh, yeah. Person, yeah. then it's another another added like detail to try to yeah. figure out. Yeah. Ransom and Valor were opposite literally opposites. January. Oh, okay. July. There you go. And then Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. opposite. And then this baby will be December, but girl. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's a crazy town. And then um, my sister-in-law gave me like six totes of baby clothes. So I feel like we're already set on everything that we need basically as far as girl stuff clothes wise. Um, But it's just a lot of totes in my house right now. So I had to make room for all of these totes. (sighs) I feel like I've said the word totes about 70 times, (laughs) but totes. I know. Every time I open Cyril's closet in Daphne's because Daphne's is just as bad, almost worse in the sense that she's the only granddaughter on my side of the family. And so people are buying for her constantly ahead of time. So then it's like organizing for the future that I'm already failing at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so much stuff. And then like the boys, we just moved down to a new bedroom with a new closet Mm -hmm. that I'm, I've got a bit of a system (laughs) on, but it's like two boys in a closet and they're like, there's no way that this is going to ever be a great organizational situation. (laughs) Just how it is. 
Yeah. So anyways, we've been tackling a lot of that. I finished one of the boys' quilts this week, so pumped about that for their bunk beds. I got to go get some more fabric to finish the other one. Um, yeah, it's just, been, it's just been a week of projects, basically. Sweet. Yeah, but it's been good. Made some more we got back from Moscow this yeah, week. Yeah, tell us about that. Moscow, Moscow. Um, it was so good. It was so it's further convinced me post-millennialism is real. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, yeah, I don't, all I can do is speak praises of it. I mean, it was really cool experience to just see what a scripturally saturated people they are in every event that they have. Um, really, really high yet cheerful standards for children. Um, just simple encouraging gospel reminders in application for all of life like everything was good hospitality was great but simple mm-hmm. very doable like it it was just really it just encouraged me to get home and want to get back to work That's so awesome which is what you want from a conference yeah i didn't feel like oh, i'm going home to dread having to clean up the house and deal with right. the children and all that stuff yeah. i was like so motivated to get Raring back to here. go more yeah. into people and yeah awesome so did you go really to the did, weren't they gonna have like a what have you luncheon or something podcast they had an ice cream social but I'm trying to figure out I think it was kind of weird the men's and women's stuff wasn't lining up and we only had one car so oh, okay mm-hmm. um yeah we ended up I think that was I, I know I didn't make it I can't remember why exactly though. okay yeah so cool. well, I'm but yeah, some other gals time. from refuge went to it so I want to go next year. Have they said the dates yet for next year? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I almost don't know how they can maintain what they did this year. They'll have to change course somehow. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But it seemed like when they asked people how many um, people it was their first time at Grace Agenda, I want to say at least 80% of the crowd raised their hand. So, wow. yeah. So we'll see. Was it at their church building? No, they had it at two other, I don't know if they'd be considered sister churches, but yeah. Okay. I don't really know why that was either. Maybe they used the other buildings for something during the week, but yeah. Okay. Or it could have been COVID related. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Well, yeah, awesome. I'm happy to be talking to you today. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought we, we have an icebreaker, ice right? Yeah, we got an icebreaker. Um, and it's going to be, what are you planning on cooking this week? Hmm. So do you meal been, plan still? Are you still meal, mm, meal planning? No, loosely? I've been mm-hmm. uh, meat planning, like protein planning, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I just, there's like a different protein assigned to each day of the week, which has yeah. helped. Honestly, that's uh, kind of how I do too. It's like round yeah. steak will be one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of forces me to eat from the garden more. Uh-huh. Than, I find when I meal plan, I, I don't, I don't know why. I just don't consider the stuff from the garden as much. So it like really forces me to simplify things, which can also be bad because I get in cooking ruts, which is what I've been in. Okay. Gotcha. But, so what, what are you thinking for this week? Okay. So let's see. I'm, I rediscovered venison for dinner again. I go through phases, but. You know, I have been, I have done a couple of her recipes recently and become um, a big fan. I'm like, okay, yeah. why didn't I listen to Lexi on this a lot sooner? It's because <laughs> the word venison was in the title and it freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Brian loves her crustless bread recipe. So I made that yesterday and then I'm finally trying her baked beans to go with our Sabbath meal tomorrow. The crustless bread is not sourdough, right? No, it's not. Nope. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to try it. I just always want to use my sourdough. So I'm like, eh, I know I totally, totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think though. My friend, Christine, a couple weeks ago, she made the best homemade chicken curry I've ever had. And it had, Ooh. I think the two ingredients in it that made a big difference was lemongrass paste and sugar. I've oh. never tried a curry that has sugar in it, but I haven't either. Yeah. Or so lemongrass paste. Lemongrass paste in the mail. <laughs> okay. You'll have to yep. send me that recipe because we love curry. I know I thought of you when I when I was yeah. like, I gotta cook that this week and I gotta tell Jordan about it. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on my list for next week. Yeah, it's really good. I'm trying to think of what else. I was going to, although our green beans are slowing down. When my second crop comes in, I'll I'll make this. But um I think I've talked about this before because it's one of my favorite dinners. It's a cheddar crust beef pot pie. Okay. It's from, it's on Venison for Dinner's blog, but it's from the Good Cheap Eats line of cookbooks. And um, I like to do it. They kind of say like whatever vegetable medley you want. I love it with green beans though. Okay. So I'm going to, maybe I'll make that later on this week, but that's been something I've been kind of drooling over. I was going to do it for um, Sabbath tomorrow, but I realized we had burgers in the freezer that we needed to make. And that's kind of an easy an easy, fun thing. We don't eat that much. So cool. What about you? What are you cooking? Um, well, side note, before I say that I made venison for dinners, cinnamon twists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last week. They were very good. Oh, I should very try good. those. I haven't made those. And they were simple. It's like, it's like a dough that you make the day before and stick in the fridge. And then the morning you literally just like twist it out and bake them. So it's a good, it's a good, like you can actually have it when people are waking up. If that yeah. makes sense. Because a lot of breads, yeah, I feel yeah. like there's still quite a few steps to do in the morning, even when it's a dough you make the night before to where it, it doesn't true. actually get done until like nine or something. Yeah. Um, even mm-hmm. if it, when I wake up early, like this morning, I woke up early even, and we didn't actually eat the bread until like nine o'clock that I made. Um, but this is a good one that you can make, that you can actually get up. Well, my family wakes up really early. <laughs> so this is one that I, our family can actually eat whenever they get up because everyone wakes up suddenly starving, instantly starving. Um, so, but anyways, those were really good. And they're, I think they're just called cinnamon twists and venison for dinner, but I would make a glaze for them this time. I didn't last time. And I feel like they needed a glaze or something on top. Well, I wonder if you could do like a maple yogurt dip or something to go with yeah, it. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, they needed something though. Um, I am going to make white chicken chili this week. And so I've been drying, um, using a lot more dried beans in my recipes lately, instead of just buying canned beans, I've stopped buying canned beans (laughs) and I've started like soaking and sprouting my beans, which is just so fun, which totally relates to what we're going to talk about this week or on our podcast. But, um, so I've been sprouting beans and, um, I made normal chili a couple weeks ago from just dried beans. And I was like, why is this so mind blowing that you can actually make chili, not from a can of chili beans? <laughs> Cause normally <laughs> whenever I make a pot of chili, I'll use like a few cans of chili beans, a can of tomatoes. This is what I used to do. And a packet of chili seasoning and sausage or whatever meat I wanted to put in it. And I've just started like stripping food down to the basics. Like, okay, I'm going to use dried beans and tomatoes that I actually canned and um, seasoning that I put together myself. And it's just, um, it's just, I don't know. It's been blowing my mind lately, like that you can strip food back like that. And that may seem so simple, but uh, for me, it's just been really cool. Like 
stripping things back to what it actually is rather than pre-made yeah. things that I think it's, it's things that I didn't really realize that I was using that are pre-made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's been fun. So I'm going to do white chicken chili like that. I got some beans soaking right now and then I'm going to sprout them the next couple of days. That's funny. I just uh, soaked some beans literally before I hopped on here with you. Really? I was like, oh, I got to get these going or I'm going to forget. <laughs> yeah. um, for your baked beans tomorrow? Yeah. Yep. Are you going to do yep, that yep. in the Instapot? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. I really want to get that Pilgrim Life cookbook for the Instapot. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I love it. Because I have that Instapot, but I just have not been using it because oh really recipes yeah. oh okay yeah that recipe. that would be a good one to help you and definitely and i have this uh weird aversion to it right now because i don't know if the pot that you cook in has teflon on it and it's freaked me out because of dark water documentary <laughs> <laughs> so oh, like, mine is stainless steel so yeah mine's not know. it's black it's oh. it's like some kind of black something so i'm like i feel like this is probably teflon so i'm kind of freaked out oh, by it okay i know i didn't even think just, about that i don't know if it is i just am freaked out i need to actually look it up so that i can settle my mind about it one way or the other but i got it at a yard sale for eight dollars so even if it is yeah i'm really not hurting that yeah. bad to get a new one hmm. but Anyways, white chicken chili oh. on Sunday nights, I usually make homemade pizza. Mm. It's kind of our tradition lately. And I got a new pizza stone, so I'm excited to use that tomorrow. Um, mine broke. I had one for a really long time, and it broke. I've had so multiple I, Really? Um, I don't yeah. know why. And I think, I, I think maybe it's because I, I cook my pizza dough at a really high temperature. And um, mm. I don't mean for that. I don't know. Mine is all operator error. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I need, <laughs> so Maybe I need to learn stuff. a little bit better what I'm doing. Um, but I, and I ordered a bigger one because, um, the boys are getting older and our family is growing and one pizza is not enough. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I ordered a bigger one. So, and then, um, I got a rice casserole that I've been eyeballing that I'm going to try. It's like uh, mushrooms and rice and chicken. Oh yeah. I've got one kind of like that. Yeah. It sounds good. You'd probably like, you should check out the Good Cheap Eats recipe books. I don't know if you've ever looked at those, but you'd probably like them. Okay. I'll look it up. She's a homeschooling mom. I think they have six kids. She's a Christian. I think I've, I feel like I've told you about her before. She did like her master's in nutrition or something. And then before she had kids, she went into the inner city and tried to teach women how to um, cook whole foods on a food stamp budget, basically. Oh yeah. This does sound familiar. I think you have yeah. to about that. So I just like her stuff. Cause for the most part, it's all whole foods, but really like pantry Accessible. type stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And we're getting closer to October, which is when we get our half a cow. So trying to get that freezer <laughs> down. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> so are we. So much That's meat. funny. Yeah. The other right. day I kicked a round uh-huh. steak just for lunch for a salad. Uh-huh. I was like, we need to use this. <laughs> I know. Isn't it the funny? It's like by the end of your cow, you're like, I'm so sick of steak. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. So well, let's get started about what we're actually going to talk about. Topic. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to kind of talk about this idea of cultivating joy in your work. And kind of why this came up is because I had posted something on Twitter this week about um, women not needing wine to get through their duties during the day. Like don't set your eye on the prize of the glass of wine at night mm-hmm. as a form of escapism fr- from your duties. And my whole point behind that was just that 
as Christians, we should be able to cultivate and find joy in our duties because of the gospel. Um, but I don't think people understand practically what that looks like. And so we have like two responses to that. Either you people just say, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with having a glass of wine or having fun at night? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the other side of it is, well, you're legalistic if you're telling people to find joy in their duties, like Christ mm -hmm. died. So we don't have to have good works. That's, that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. So today we're just going to kind of talk about, um, I had some ideas behind how I think we've really lost this art of understanding because we live in such a recreationally based culture. We have forgotten the art of how to cultivate joy in our work. Mm -hmm. um, and I did kind of want to read this passage from Ecclesiastes 2. I was actually reading this uh, with Ari this morning, and I thought it was perfect. It's 2, 24 through 26. Um, it says, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This mm -hmm. also I saw is from the hand of God. Mm -hmm. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases God, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and striving after the wind. So we see this multiple places in Ecclesiastes, but I think it was really clear there that God, <laughs> by his grace, enables us to find joy in our duties and yeah. our toiling. It's so cool that you brought that up because Jared's preaching through Ecclesiastes right now. Oh, and cool. we always do a share time in our services. And this past week, um, Dan, a member of our church, shared basically what exactly what we're saying. Like he was, he brought up he, that he loves to mow his lawn. He was like, I just love to mow my lawn. And I got to thinking about it. And he said, basically what you're saying right now, that, that, that God gives the Christian joy in his work, in his toil. Yes. God gives joy in that. And only the Christian gets to have that. Well, and that's why it's totally ludicrous for um, like Lutheran style of thought to say that you're legalistic when you're insisting upon obedience to God's word that it's like they've almost forgotten this entire idea that there can actually be joy in our work for Christ. Yeah. And, um, I think it's really cool too, that <laughs> like the reality that even the unbeliever is working up to save just for those good things to be given to <laughs> the believer is like mm -hmm. so cool. Like when we see that everywhere that the riches of God's enemies will eventually become our inheritance. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of like, where I'm coming from scripturally on this topic. Um, it's all over Ecclesiastes though. And I do post about this somewhat often. So um, the book that I really recommend for this is called joy at the end of the tether. So if you mm -hmm. want to check that out, it's totally worth it. Yes. It was very um, good. Do you have any more thoughts though, before we jump into the actual practical part of this? Um, I, well, joy at the end of the tether, I felt like it was really helpful for me in thinking through Ecclesiastes because when like the first time that I read Ecclesiastes through with a Bible reading challenge, I was like, gosh, this is hopeless. And mm -hmm. it's really not like, it's actually a really exciting book when you think about it with attached to, um, yeah. Christ and how, um, our, our working isn't meaningless when we, when it's unto the Lord. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. It, what, what, which son are you working under? Are you yes. working under the sun S O N or are you working mm -hmm. under the sun S U N? Yeah. 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 I'll just plug Jared. A, a lot of the um, Christchurch podcasts are up right now because he is preaching through Ecclesiastes. So if that's something more that you want to learn about, you can um, check that out. But that's one awesome. thing that may be good for um, us to talk about is what are our God-given duties? 
um, as Christian yeah. women. So I just pulled out Titus 2, and I'll just go ahead and read this. Um, so older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders, are slaves to much wine. Um, and honestly, it just says slaves to much wine. It's not even saying drunk here. So yeah. um, yep. it goes along with what you tweeted. Um, being a slave to something means that you have to have it, or not even have to have it, but like it is controlling you. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so not the Bible actually addresses this to um, not be slaves to much wine. And again, Lexi and I both love a glass of wine. So it's not, it's not that that wine in and of itself is bad or evil, but our heart and motive behind its use can be wrong. Yeah. So we have to be cautious of that. And the Bible warns us of that. Um, and then going on there to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God, God may not be reviled. Goes on to talk to younger men about being self-controlled um, and in all respects to be models of good works. But anyways, um, I thought even in our love of our husband and children, this includes our duties at home, like cooking and cleaning and doing a good job at those things, being self-controlled mm-hmm. to um, do what needs to be done and not being indulgent and time-wasting things um, Yeah, we can be in our lives. Uh, for us, being models of good works also that um, God set these works in our homes and with our families before us, before the beginning of time and for us to walk in. Um, and also just being kind in our work at home. I okay. mentioned specifically being kind, being pure, working at home, kind. <laughs> and like, it's funny that kind, like a way to do it is even mentioned in these, yeah. in this list of duties, submissive to their own husbands. So I think it's important that we know that the Bible does actually give us duties, that we're not just, whenever we talk on this podcast a lot about um, our duties at home, we're not just making that up as like an archaic sense of what women should do, but the Bible really does clearly point out things that um, Christian women are to be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And such living highlights the attractiveness of the gospel. Like we talked mm-hmm. about in our beauty episode a little bit about how um, just the tangibility of beautiful things, um, like our home being beautiful, um, a, where, a well-prepared meal that touches parts of us that, um, that words can't even touch, that um, the feeling of coziness and the feeling of mm-hmm. a kind and peaceful home, um, it, it gives beauty to a life that God has given us that we're sharing with the people around us, with our children, with our husbands, with people that we're showing hospitality to, that it shows the beauty of the gospel and a beauty, the beauty of a Christian family and a Christian home in a way that just words don't always. Have I, have, have I ever read and wept over C.S. Lewis's passage on nostalgia on the podcast before? Do you remember? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Have I ever read it to you before? I don't know. Which we should do a whole right podcast. Okay. We should do a whole podcast on this topic of nostalgia. Okay. Just like in summary, cozy is the idea of nostalgia and it's pointing to heaven. Oh, and it's just okay. a beautiful passage. We should write that on our list. Do you have a okay. list? Because I keep telling you <laughs> I to do put have things a list. on the list. Okay. It's right in front of me. That's where my notes are on today, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Okay. I was going to say one more thing. In that, same yeah. cha- in that same chapter, it talks about being zealous for good works. Mm. And um, that kind of plays along with what we're talking about, like the attitude of, we're not just going to get our good works done to check them off a list so that we can go on to our evening activities after the kids are in bed and we can Correct. actually relax. Yep. 
um, but being zealous for our good works, um, being fiery, excited, engaged in the good works that God's given us and actually enjoying them and knowing God gave these to me before yes. the world began. He prepared these for me and I want to be wholeheartedly enthusiastic about them and not just getting through them to be done with the day. And then I can veg out and turn my brain off and whatever well, I actually want to do. And it's just so sad because if you're only living for joy after 8 PM, most of your life, you are just going to be yes, unhappy and you're wishing it and away. and rude. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And wishing it away instead of improving on and enjoying the things that are in front of you to do all day long. Yeah. So let's talk about those. Cause I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four. I've got four things specifically. Cool. Do you have any other specific ones or should I just work us through these? Uh, go ahead. I'm okay. I'll, I'll throw mine in as we go. Okay. So I guess I could combine two of these. Um, the way I like to pursue joy in my work in the redundant work is, um, pursuing excellence. And I guess you could almost call this like you can't enjoy something that you're not really good at because you're always going to feel kind of bad about the work. <laughs> yeah, um, that's really true. Yeah. And I got, I kind of got this idea from like mother, like daughter blog, um, where she just says like, if there's a task that you really hate to do in the home, figure out how to do it better, figure out how to do laundry better, figure out how to iron better, just get better at it so that it's a pleasure to you. And I think mm -hmm. this kind of ties into the second thing. Um, it's a pleasure because when it's done well, it's beautiful. And, and I you're do proud think of it. <laughs> yes. It, that it's almost, it's um, hard work is its own incentive in a way mm -hmm. to keep going in the work because, and I think it helps you just see why it's worthwhile because we are, we are creatures that need all of our five senses to help us understand things better. So when you know how to make a beautiful bed and tuck the edges of it in just right, it is so pleasing to walk into your room and not see a messy bed. <laughs> this is true. For me, this has been laundry. And we talked about this a little bit. Was it actually, did we have the episode that was just laundry or did we talk about that? I don't remember. I think we may have had it. I think we did have a laundry episode. And I said that I am not good, nor do I enjoy laundry, but I have been trying to grow in this skill. And I posted it on my stories this week. And I am figuring out how to actually whiten whites. And I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. I've literally been thrilled about it the entire week, guys. And that's awesome. it's just a load of laundry. And that's not normally something that I enjoy. But learning and figuring something out and doing it a way that I've always wished would happen um, is very thrilling and mm -hmm. something that I feel proud of and excited for. And I know that it's a blessing to the people in my house. So I'm like, oh, this family's going to have some white whites. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not like a sinful sort of pride. It's a pride. No. Um, it's like a, I don't even know what the virtue would be considered. I guess like faithfulness and diligence mm -hmm. in where you are. And there is, God does give a unique pleasure when you are obeying what he's asking you to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not wrong to revel in that. And I think, I think so much of our generation that wants to buck off the backpack of tradition looks at old housewives. And I'm not, I am not saying, obviously we got to where we are today as feminists because there was something wrong with the housewives of the fifties. But the fact that they knew how to keep a tidy home and to dress well was not always pride. Right. 
it's because they knew they understood in a way that we have forgotten what it means to keep house I don't know how else to describe it I guess yeah and and if you have the duties without the why without the I'm doing this to please God and to serve the people around me if you have the duties without the why you will get grumpy prideful all the wrong things all the wrong hearts um so as you're doing these duties we have to remember okay we're working as an unto the lord trying Mm -hmm. to obey the commands that he has given us and to glorify him and the things that are in front of us so can't forget the why yeah um and can't forget to teach your daughters the why sorry no no that's true (laughs) that's part of I don't, you know, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, I don't know what happened generally, rationally. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think in a way it's that we began presuming upon our inheritance. We began dishonoring our mothers and fathers. We began saying it doesn't really matter what we were given. And therefore we stopped teaching the why. Mm -hmm. This is, these are the weird things I think of at night. Why did the generation stop passing down the why? (laughs) These are the things that keep me up at night. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, um, the next thing is just like kind of in the same vein, just pursuing beauty in what you're doing, not just I think the opposite for me is my tendency to just be as efficient as possible or Mm -hmm. as frugal as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Lord doesn't necessarily tell us to be as frugal as possible all the time. Um, But he does call us to do what we're doing as unto the Lord and to do it with a skillful hand. And so if that means um, learning how to decorate your stovetop before your husband walks in the door or, you know, putting on music or a little bit of lipstick, that's what it means. If it means figuring out how to brush your daughter's tangle, your daughter's tangly hair in the morning, because this matters to take care of people. It's kind of that whole idea that loveliness bestows loveliness on other people. Mm-hmm. And we are well taken care of women. And we want to show that by passing that on essentially. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then last but not least on my list, this is one that I'm really trying to pursue right now is just recovering the art of singing in every single thing that I do. Um, And this really hit me being in Moscow and coming home, but it also hit me because we're, we added folk songs to our school this year and folk songs were basically songs that people sang while they were working. And um, the combination of the two being in Moscow and knowing that about folk songs made me realize like, I wonder how much of, my bad days are a result of me just simply failing to obey the singing of the Psalms out loud or, you know, just having those folk songs, having that tradition to draw from in your head when you just cannot mentally pick yourself out of the muck. What can I sing to get my, to get my heart back on track? Or honestly, even just like today, our dishwasher broke last night and we're having like 20 some people over here next week. And I'm just I have had a dishwasher for one year of our life and it's been the last year. And I know that this isn't the end of the world, but at the same time, I really have to readjust my days in order to fit in all of the dishes now. Yeah. But I was, while I was putting away all the silverware earlier, I was making a really big point to pray and to sing my Mm. prayers because it takes, I have to focus to, to sing. I'm not good at singing. And so I have to really focus on that. And so the energy is not going to my grumpy spirit it's going towards the mental thought of praising the Lord. So I don't know all the science behind that, but I'm sure there is science behind that somewhere. And if someone has it, let me know. 
But that's, that is something I'd really encourage is like, maybe we have such a grumbly culture because we're not a singing culture anymore. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And I think just being grateful. It's like, even if I don't have a dishwasher, I have people that use dishes and I have silverware (laughs) and I have hands to wash the dishes with and just being, reminding ourselves of thankfulness, even if it's something that we don't prefer, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, did you have one more? Did you say you had one more or not? I combined the the first two. Sorry. Okay. And uh, you can always buy paper plates. Paper plates. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. Actually, I um, I I I'm gonna pull out paper plates for dinner tonight because I thought, you know what? Yeah. I can't do this right now. <laughs> and praise God for paper plates. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad they've been sitting in there all these months. Yeah. Um, and then even with cooking and cleaning, and for me, it's been a journey just like finding cookbooks that I really like and yeah. And just it, it's been a journey trying to, um, help my children, uh, to be grateful at mealtimes and mm-hmm. not, uh, fussy at mealtimes. So, um, it's, it, and I know that a lot of moms of little kids deal with this of like mealtime feels stressful and chaotic and loud and, <laughs> and not worth it and all of the above. Um, but reminding ourselves that like, okay, even if that's true, even if your mealtime goes like that, we still have a job. What are my duties in this job? Okay. Yeah. So my duties remain, even if, even if no one was like, thanks mom, that was awesome. My duties remain the same of faithfully providing meals, um, to whatever, whatever extent of nutrition or glamour you want that to be in your home, you know, but, um, but faithfully providing meals with joy and generosity Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and then trying to train my children in what their duties are at mealtime, yes. you know, in gratitude and a peaceful spirit and all those kind of things. But, um, you know, just practically with cooking, I tell women a lot, find a cookbook you like. And Lexi, you've been encouraging to me in that too, just getting cookbooks that I enjoy and that are um, mentally engaging for me as well as creatively engaging so mm-hmm. that it doesn't become a daunting task, but it becomes yeah. one that you're looking forward to um, working through that evening or um, even that morning. A lot of times we get together supper time after breakfast, which is a venison for mm-hmm. tip, I think. Um, but yeah, just just being engaged in those kind of activities and then cleaning as well. Just for me, I've been trying to do you know, my little less toxic stuff around the house and that includes yeah. cleaning too, but that was a fun way for me to be mentally engaged in the process of yes. like learning the science behind things, learning um, what was important to me, um, what was of more importance to me when it came to cleaning and um, yeah, just working through all that. So don't be afraid to really pick apart your duties and figure out what parts of it need to make sense and what kind of a way to you and not Mm -hmm. just kind of randomly do it to get it done, but, um, really pursue it and, and see what's there for you to learn and to grow in. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, I'm glad you elaborated on it. Cause that's, that's what I meant when I said like being efficient is usually my mindset. And so for me, Mm -hmm. I really do have to sometimes 
go for the beauty of a task Mm -hmm. as my spiritual form of self-control instead of just rushing through something and hating it. So for example, like I, um, I took, you know, Misty's class a couple years ago and I just felt so overwhelmed trying to get everything organized. And I remember her saying like, you need to get a planner that you actually like looking at. So you yes. actually will use it and you will like doing yeah, this. And, think that and it's so, <laughs> yes. So I, I didn't go to the target dollar section and pick up, you know, a two, three, $4 planner. I spent, you know, I don't remember how much, maybe 30, 40 bucks on a nice planner, but guess what? I use it every yeah. single week because I love to look at it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's think, really true. Try and to figure out what those things are and talk. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, women can get worried about what they should be spending or shouldn't be spending financially. So just be open with your husband. You know, if there was a tool that he needed for work, he would have to make a way to -hmm. figure out how to build that into the budget. So figure out what your priorities are and talk to your husband about it and help him, let him help you make those decisions too. Yeah. I remember one time in a sermon, Jared saying uh, something along the lines of like encouraging women to ask their husbands like, hey, I feel like I could do a better job if I had a KitchenAid mixer or whatever it may be, whatever tool, you know? And he was like, I would go on a limb to say that there are not many husbands that would be like, no, actually I want less cookies in my life (laughs) (laughs) or less homemade bread or whatever it might be that you want or less homemade pasta, whatever, whatever you wanted to do with your KitchenAid mixer. Like if you're going to your husband and saying, I feel like I could do my job cleaning our home better, more effectively with more joy or whatever. If I had this new tool or whatever, then I, I don't, feel like there would be a whole lot of husbands that would um, think that that was a terrible idea. Yeah. It's just like when you find a, a pretty new dress, I'm sure your husband would be like, Hey honey, can I get this dress? <laughs> uh, no, that's going to be so horribly and ugly on you. No, he's never going to say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go okay. further on that topic, but I think I'll stop there. <laughs> it's All right. That you and I have talked about recently in the oh. pretty new department. Anywho. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you all. Lexi told me that it's okay to buy a new pair of underwear anytime I go out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, um, man, I guess I'm just going to tell you all my details. Pregnancy (laughs) makes you sometimes need new underwear because your butt gets bigger along with your belly. Just saying that. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It does. Why? I don't feel like I remember this with boys. Why do girls make your butt get bigger? Maybe not. Maybe oh, not. No, Daphne was my the biggest extra estrogen. Of all four of them. She, I was huge everywhere with her. Really? Mine just belly oh butt so far. But oh my gosh. Um, anyways, Lexi told me I'm allowed to buy a new underwear whenever I go out. <laughs> One pair each time I go in public. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Target trip. But yeah, Jared has not complained yet. So there you go. <laughs> Yep. So anyways, I guess we'll end on that note. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.